What is up, everybody? My name is Kelsey Lowe, and you are listening to Joyfully You Podcast. This solo cast is all about why we people please and five ways to be true to you. This was actually a special Facebook Live video that I did for an exclusive group, but I saved the video because I knew I was going to want to share this with all of you, joyfully you, all of you guys on Instagram too, on Kelsey Lowe's show, like you guys are my tribe, so I wanted to give you guys some of the best stuff that I have, and the responses that I got from women, they just felt like, oh my gosh, you were speaking directly to me, and so just to give you guys a little background um, that I kind of talked about in the Facebook Live that is not a part of this audio is, you know, I, I worked in corporate America for two years right out of college and I gave my all I did. I gave my all. And whenever we are giving our all for something we think we should be doing, it's really easy to get burnt out. And so I got so burnt out and I found myself in a narcissistic relationship before I even knew what that was. I was so unhappy. I was like hiding from my friends because I was embarrassed and I just was felt like I was losing myself. I felt like I didn't even know who I was. Um, so this was, this was a, a, it was a huge transition for me. I mean, I, I left the country. I escaped that relationship. I started teaching English. And through that process of being by myself in a foreign country, I really had to get clear on who am I? What do I want? What's actually important to me? And, you know, there's been a lot of different things that have supported me along the way, but I've pretty much put together like these five ways to be true to you. And a lot of them are ways of thinking, but I think you're going to really, really enjoy it. And so let me know when you are finished with this in the comments or leave me a review. If you've been listening to Joyfully You podcast and you've never left me a review, please do so. It helps me so much in growing my mission with the podcast. And of course, I love reading your feedback. You know, that's a huge part of it as well. So without further ado, let's dive in. Just You're going to hear me talking and saying names and reading comments. Just know that this was a Facebook Live and that's why. But the core content of it is really, really good. So without further ado, let's Let's dive in to why we people please and five ways to be true to you. Getting back to why we people please and the top five reasons or top five ways that we can be able to get true to ourselves. So much better, so much better, perfect. I'm so glad. Awesome. Sweet. Okay, so we're back. Sweet. So again, if you guys are just joining, my name is Kelsey Lowe. I'm a self-love and empowerment coach. I'm a TEDx speaker, and I have a podcast called Joyfully You, and that's actually how I was able to get connected with you guys in this amazing group, is from an episode all about people-pleasing and perfectionism, and how I talk about that I am a recovering people-pleaser, I am a recovering perfectionist. And in that recovery process, I realized the biggest manifestation of my people pleasing and the biggest manifestation of my perfectionism was procrastination. Comment below if you have struggled with procrastination before, where it's like you know what you need to get done, but it just feels like a struggle to do it, or you don't really know it feels like this invisible barrier that's blocking you from being able to follow through, and you know that you want it to look a certain way, you want it to be just right, and those things can get in the way and cause us to be perfectionistic with what it is that we're doing. And I am a strong believer that when we are 
When we are taking committed and aligned action, our confidence just soars. So that brings us to the five ways that we can be true to ourselves when we find ourselves wanting to people please, when we find ourselves wanting to say yes, even though we actually want to say no. Because how many times has it happened where you've said yes to something and you've committed to it, but you've already booked something and you're actually already busy. And then you have to tell a white lie as to why you are worried or as to why you can't do it. <laughs> it's so it's such a vicious cycle because we are over promising to other people with the desire to please them. So then we aren't able to follow through and it starts to create this just like negative self-talk that we feel like we can't like um, rely on ourselves. Comments of, of saying, I overthink everything. Yes, feeling guilty of this. And then that's the issue. It perpetuates this guilt and this underlining belief that's, that's trying to whisper and say, you're not good enough. See, look, there's more proof. You're not good enough. And so a way that we can start, so the five ways to be treat yourself that I'm going to tell you is going to directly support you in this, of how to say no when you really mean it, how to make commitments that you actually can follow through on that are not going to leave you drained or resentful, and how to be self-accountable and self-motivated. Because... The biggest thing with people pleasing is our value gets placed outside of us. So it's like, oh, I'm going to do this because I know that it's going to make you happy and I'm going to be seen a certain way. But when it comes down to us, say, starting a business for ourselves, I started my business three years ago and I was just obsessed with women empowerment and how women can feel in alignment and be able to go through self-forgiveness and self-compassion so we can really do the things we want to do. And so through doing that, I learned, holy shit, I'm such a perfectionist. If you would have asked me, I would have been like, no, I don't ever do anything perfect. And that's like the classic MO of a perfectionist. Oh my gosh. So the very first step, okay? You guys ready? You guys ready for number one? The first step to recovering from people pleasing and perfectionism and being true to yourself is recognizing the inner critic, okay? We have to recognize that we have a critic voice inside of us that's trying to talk us down and it's not actually our true self. It's a part of us, and it's here to protect us. It wants to protect us from judgment. It wants to protect us from being rejected. And for people that are people pleasers, and we do have this natural tendency to want to just um, morph into the environment to please what that person is needing from us. When we're doing that, it's really easy to create resentment towards ourselves. Um, and the fear is is rejection. We don't want to be rejected, so we don't want to reject anyone else, and that's why it's so hard to say no, because we feel like we're rejecting them. But we're not, and we're going to talk more about that. So the first step is identifying our inner critic. We are going to name her, okay? We are going to start to separate and personify her as she is a part of you, but she is not you. And so we can start, if we name her and personify her, then we can start to say, okay, that's not me right now. Okay, so my in inner critic, my inner people pleaser, her name is Tamara. I don't know a Tamara, but that's just the name that came to me because Tamara is a sassy little bee, okay? I don't know if you guys got children in the background, so I don't want to cuss, but she is a sassy bee, okay? And she's always trying to, to keep me from playing big. She's always trying to protect me from getting judged. She wants me to stay safe. She doesn't want me to put myself out there. Tamara always wants to pull me back. So go ahead and comment below. 
your your goal right now is to name your people pleaser within. Name that inner critic voice. What is her name? We need to personify her so we can start to notice when it's her that's trying to run the show and when it's actually you and your highest self and your heart. Um, Yes, I'm my own worst critic. Yeah, and we're going to learn how to befriend ourselves so we aren't beating ourselves up. But first, we need to identify and name and personify the inner critic. So go ahead and comment below what um, what that inner critic's voice uh, name is. So my name is Tamara. So that's the first step of starting to be true to yourself is starting to notice, is this really me right now? Or is this me actually operating to avoid something. And so notice that the people pleaser, the inner critic, it's not there just to beat us up. It is there to protect us, okay? Because there was some point along our life, throughout our childhood, where something happened, where we learned and adapted that, oh, doing that's not safe because I got judged. I got made fun of. I got excluded from the friend group after that. And so we create these conditions and these agreements with ourselves of what's okay and what's not okay. And so if we notice that, hey, the critic within is just trying to protect me. So I need to reassure that part of me that it's safe. I don't need protection. And so instead of hating that part of ourself, which just cultivates more self-hatred, right? I'm a self-love coach. I'm all about befriending those parts of ourself that we don't like. We don't need to beat or demolish our fear or crush our fear. We need to befriend our fear. So then we can start to have those conversations with ourselves of being like, okay, yes, I feel, I feel nervous. I feel scared right now to do this. I feel myself resisting. And I know, and so it's Tamara. For me, my inner critic's name's Tamara. Her name is Isabel. Ooh, yeah. Jessica, Isabel sounds sassy. So if Isabel's ever tried to talk to you, just notice. Be like, is this me or is this Isabel? Okay. I must not feel safe to continue doing this action. And so how can I affirm myself that it's safe to try? It's safe to fail. That's the biggest one. Our fear of failure. We don't want to do anything if we're going to fail. The way that I reframe this, you can comment below. I win or learn. Let's just take failure out of it all together. I win or I learn. Isn't that so much better? I win or I learn, okay? So step one, identifying the inner critic and personifying her, okay? My inner critic is Sarah. Yes, Michelle, Melody. Melody sounds sassy. It's like, oh, is that Melody again? And so the way that I talk to Tamara is you get to be in the back seat. I appreciate because we need to love all parts of ourselves in order to really integrate into that feeling of being whole, of being loved, that we can't hate any part of ourselves on our path to self-love. And so if we notice, you know, that version of me, that part of me just wants to protect me, but she's not going to serve me in going where I want to go. So I'm like, Tamara, you get to be in the back seat. I'm not letting fear drive. I'm letting love drive, but we don't need to get rid of her. We just need to get her in the back seat because in times of like actually needing to protect our life, <laughs> that part of us is really important. That part of like that initiates the fight or flight if we feel in danger. But the problem is when we are actually safe physically, that part of us still wants to have a job. It still wants to have a role. So it starts protecting us emotionally. And so we get to inform ourselves that we are safe. Ah, mine is Ruth and she's a control freak. Yes. So we can start to separate ourselves from that version. We can say, okay, that's a part of me, but that's not me. That's the protection mechanism that's been developed in my life. 
And her name is blank, okay? So that's number one. The second part about being true to yourself is being in alignment with what's important to you. So we've heard about physical alignment. If you've ever done yoga, they say, you know, aligning your body so it's stacked. You know, alignment is when things are in line. But we got to look at our own personal values, our morals, because these things, these values, these are the keys for our motivation, I call them the key motivating values. And so if you guys, you guys have been commenting, a successful life basically means being happy, happy in anything and everything that you do, all the people around you and in your life. Okay, beautiful. So for you, it sounds like a huge value is being happy, having connections and relationships. And so the, that question above is giving us insight as to what your personal values are. So for me, a successful life, I want to have like such strong relationships with my family. I want to create a family. I want to have adventure and I want to make a difference. So family, making a difference and adventure are my top three motivating values. And these are the three values that give me insight if I'm in alignment and feeling good. So if at any time I don't feel good, it's because one of my actions or lack of actions are not in alignment with my values. So if I find myself doing something because I feel obligated to, but I don't actually want to, and I'm like, well, this isn't creating an adventure. This isn't making a difference. This isn't getting me closer to my family. I'm not going to feel motivated to do it. I'm not going to want to do it because it's not touching on any of my key motivators. And so having insight as to what your values are is so important into creating that self-motivation and that self-accountability because you got to know what motivates you. And what will motivate you is whatever your depiction is of a successful life, whether that's having family, happiness, careers, you know, for me, um, accomplishments really important to me too. Making a difference. I I'm really committed and devoted to walking women through a self-love journey. That's empowering where they get to start their own businesses if they want to, like, it's just the coolest thing ever. Um, So that's number two, is knowing how to get into alignment by knowing what your core values are. And you can be able to write those down, my core values are, if you have a notepad or something next to you. Um, Okay, so then number one is noticing your inner critic and naming it. Number two is um, creating alignment. And number three is redefining confidence, okay? We all have heard different versions of what confidence mean. We all know what it feels like or... I should hope so. And if you haven't, then oh my gosh, you get to experience it. That feeling of confidence where you're like, I feel like I'm the shit. I feel like a diva. I feel so good. I feel so whole. That feeling of confidence. So the way that I define that is the belief of being safe. Confidence is the belief that it's safe to be you. So go ahead and comment below in all caps. It is safe to be me. Confidence is being, is, is being safe. It's safe to be me. Just do I'm making it complicated now. Just all caps. It is safe to be me. It is safe to be me. If we instill that core belief, everything else falls together. Everything else falls together. If we believe that, you know what? It is safe to try. It is safe to learn. It is safe to go live on Facebook and just share from my heart. It is safe to say to that person, I don't want to be a part of their group. I don't want to come to their dinner. It's safe to say no. It's safe to say yes. It's safe to be me. It's safe to be me exactly where I am, exactly as I am. And I am committed to learning how to love myself deeper. 
That's my definition of confidence. Yes, it is safe to be me. Look at all these comments coming in. It is safe to be me. It is safe to be me. How good does that feel, you guys? How fulfilling and like comforting. So just know anytime that you are feeling like you're procrastinating on something that you truly want to do, there's some lingering belief within your body that feels like it's not safe. And that's when messy action comes in. All right, you guys ready for this? This is when messy action comes in. Whenever we go to do something new, it's going to feel fucking messy, okay? It's going to feel really difficult because we're new. And especially if you are a high achiever, if you are an empathetic woman, you're a go-getter, then you love feeling that feeling of like, I know what I'm doing. That feeling of, I got this. You know, that's the best feeling ever. But in order to get to that feeling, we have to go through the discomfort of not knowing what we're doing. We have to be willing to look dumb, to look silly. We have to be willing to fall on our face, even knowing that we never actually will. And maybe we will, but trust that you have the resilience to get up and try again, and you will be so much better for it because you have so much knowledge. So messy action is, is so important. So like, for example, my brother started a website, and it's something that he's been talented at doing for many, many years, but he just now has come to the point where he's like, okay, I feel confident enough to make a website and just niche down and say, this is what I do. Like, this is his side hustle. Like, he's a full-time teacher, but he does this on the side. And he told me today he was making the website. He's like, well, I need this, and I need this, and I need this. And he thought of what I always talk about. He said he thought about me with the messy action, and for the first time, he understood it. Because he looked and he said, okay, I know how good this could be, but what would messy action look like right now in order just to get it done? So he decided to do it messy, get it done and and take in that belief and that truth that done is a signi- it signifies progress right because if you're waiting to make it be perfect and you're like okay it'll be ready soon it'll be ready soon or i know i can do it i'm just waiting for when blank that is a manifestation of perfectionism because it's that voice saying like i know i can do it i'm just waiting to where i'm really really ready and ready is a lie there's never going to be a time where we're ready and the faster that we start and we tell ourselves you know i'm willing to not be an expert at this when i started my business 3 years ago one of my um mentors he had like a he he's like a fucking millionaire and i'm like oh my god just teach me your ways like cuz he's such a genuine person and you know when you meet those people that are like they just know who they are and they're just so loving and generous and it's like oh my god i just want to learn everything from you he was one of those people for me and he told me he's like kelsey you have a big heart and i know that you're very ambitious you have these big goals but you have to be willing to be mediocre and that literally like struck a chord because in my mind, I'm like, I don't want to do anything mediocre. I don't want to be known as mediocre. You know, there's just all my fears coming up around not being good enough. And, and, he, and he's like, no, 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 hear me out. He's like, if you're willing to do it and be totally crap, then you can start to just kind of suck. And then you can start to become good. And then you can start to become great. And then you can learn to be exceptional. And then you can become an expert. And he's like, you can't skip or else you're not gonna feel authentic about it. He's like, but if you're willing to give yourself permission to start right there and then inch your way up, you're gonna feel so good, but you gotta be willing to give yourself the permission to be a newbie. Because whenever we're a perfectionist and we're people pleasing, we care so much about what other people think. And this is starting to cultivate the muscle of what you think. 
Not what anyone else thinks, but what you think and a higher connection to why it is you want to help people and do this because people pleasers are also incredibly empathetic, loving, um, giving people like we are, we know how to love and give so much. And that can be like our greatest gift and sometimes our demise because we're giving so, so much. And when it comes to the point where we are now giving to get validation, it's no longer from a point place of generosity. It's from a place of, I need to feel validated and worthy. So I better do this. So then I'm, it reinforced that I'm worthy. And this gets, we get to start to create this like muscle of, of, Worthiness coming from just the essence of who you are, that your productivity is not what defines your worthiness. It's who you be, okay? Because if you do all these incredible things, but you're being a total like grumpy, complaining, fearful woman the whole time, what's the point? So who you be while you do these things is equally important. And that brings us back to your values, right? If you're taking action on all these things, but you're not happy, you're not going to feel in alignment. You know how people say, oh, I feel off. That's why, because they feel off from their alignment of their values and morals and their actions. So when we bring the alignment together, we feel our best. We feel whole. Okay. So what we've covered so far on being true to yourself, number one, um, is discovering your inner critic and naming her so we can start to befriend her. Um, it's creating alignment and how to do that with the question above. Um, Number three is redefining confidence on the belief that it is safe to be yourself. And then it comes to number four. Number four is the confidence formula, okay? So if if, if confidence is the belief it is safe to be yourself, the confidence formula is this. Every time we say we're going to do something and we follow through, our confidence goes up. And when our confidence goes up, so does our self-trust. But if we say we're going to do something and we don't follow through, our confidence goes down. And so we are always doing this little teeter-totter up, down, up, down, up, down as we commit to ourselves, as we commit to other people, even something as simple as saying, hey, I'm actually busy right now. I'll give you a call back. If we don't call that person back, how many of you have had this happen where you go to lay down and you go to sleep and right as you're falling asleep, it's like... (gasps) I forgot to do that one thing I said I was going to (laughs) do. And it just nags at us. And and what can happen is the next day we don't make it a priority. And eventually we just don't do it because now it feels like too far. And then that perfectionist is like, well, what would I even say now? And so what I noticed is perfectionism was stopping me from taking action in the moment because I wanted it to be perfect. Or I just was, or even text messages, someone messaging me or someone messaging me on Instagram or something where I would be like, oh, I really want to think about it. So I could send something like really heartfelt and loving. While that is great and valid, that's only great if I actually return to it to send the message. And so we have to learn how to make fast decisions and trust in our decisions, knowing that sometimes it's going to be messy, but done is better than perfect. Comment below, done is better than perfect, okay? Done is better than perfect. So if you get something, example, as simple as getting a message and wanting to have the perfect response, just trust. Trust that whatever you have to say is like, no, I'm going to respond to this right now. I, I don't, I don't need to let this dwell in my headspace. So I'm still like stacking all these things I need to do, but not finishing any of them. So confidence really comes when we are following through with the things we say we're going to do, even if it feels messy, even if it feels like, ah, oh, that wasn't my best work. If it wasn't your best work, you know, and you still got it done, you get to do it again. 
you get to do it again. You know what I mean? It's not over unless you say it's over. So the confidence formula is saying you're going to do something and following through. And sometimes things are going to be right in the moment where it comes to you and you're like, oh shoot, I forgot to do that. Ask yourself, how can I get this done and make it easy? How can I get this done and make it easy? Because if you're a visionary woman and you got big goals, you can see the big picture. And that is such an amazing care, uh, like trait, but it can be, it can create immense procrastination because if we're seeing the big picture, we don't know where to start. And our brain naturally wants to feel that sense of accomplishment, wants to feel that sense of finishing. So this is what you do. You create a bunch of micro steps within the big step of whatever it is you're doing. And when you're making these micro steps, it's all of a sudden all these opportunities for wins, all these opportunities to follow through and be like, yes, I did it. But here's, this is my warning though. Hear me out. Hear me out. Do not make a list of 1500 things that you need to do. Okay. I'm encouraging, encouraging you to write three. What are the top three things each day? And like, I just do that as a part of my morning routine, as a part of my mindfulness practice. I have struggled with procrastination and became so good at it that now my entire business is around it and helping women that are passionate, empathetic, and ambitious overcome procrastination so they can feel in alignment, so we can feel good, so we can be of service, so we can radiate that natural feminine glow that we all have within us. Um, And so... Even writing, oh yeah, writing down the top three things. So if we get super clear on, if I lay my head down tonight, what do I need in order to feel super proud? And so we have to train ourselves to lower our expectations because we are queens at setting the most ridiculous high standards that are unreachable. And when we do that, it's still serving us. It's serving us by making our, our insecurities true. Because if we put a list of 15 things that we wanna do and then we don't finish them, our ego, our inner critic, that girl, Tamara, Tamara's like, uh-huh, I told you. I told you you weren't good enough. I told you you couldn't do it. And so just notice that every time we do something, it's serving some part of us. Like we get a payoff for everything we do. And until we are clear on, well, what's the payoff for that? Oftentimes we procrastinate because it's a form of stress release. We procrastinate because we're like, oh, I don't want to feel the stress of that right now. So I'm going to prolong it to not feel it. But we all know how that goes. Eventually... The stress monster comes out. The panic monster comes out. We're like, okay, it's time to get it done. It's time to get it done. But those roller coasters can be really hard on us to go from walking to sprinting, from walking to sprinting. And if you want to start to be your own boss one day, or even just following through on your own personal goals, not even being your own boss, but being the leader of yourself, whatever way that looks like, um, it is a muscle to be self-accountable, to follow through for you and let that be enough to know that you are worthy of your time. You are worthy of your attention. And you guys, I tell people all the time, if they ask me to do something and I've already scheduled in a evening with myself, with a book, with a bath or whatever else, I'll say, oh, I'm actually busy that night. But what about this night? Whenever you need to reject someone from an invitation, simply offer a new solution. You don't have to be like, like, and I'll say no to people even if I have a date with myself. You don't have to give people all the excuses and reasons as to why you're unavailable to something. You don't. (laughs) It's just a habit. And so you're allowed to prioritize your time. You're allowed to prioritize your needs, okay? You're allowed to prioritize your time and your needs. Okay, so recap. We're on number five. Number one is your inner critic, naming her and personifying her. Number two, 
Oh, guys, you remember number two? Why am I blinking out? Oh, number two is alignment. We got to have alignment and we got to know how to be in alignment by knowing our values. And the way you can know your values is by answering the question that's at the top of the live video, okay? Number three, redefining confidence. The definition of confidence in this sphere is it is safe to be me. Confidence, the belief that it's safe. Number four is the confidence formula. If you follow through on the things you're gonna, you say you're going to do, your confidence goes up. So let, set attainable small goals and let everything else be a bonus, okay? Now we have number five. Number five is self-compassion and self-forgiveness over and over and over again. Self-forgiveness for not knowing then what you know now. Because I can guarantee there's some memory in the past that can freak you out from wanting to start again. Because it's like, oh, I failed that time. Why would I do it again? Or, oh, I got laughed at that time. Why would I do it again? Or, oh, I got rejected that time. Why would I do it again? You're not the same person that you used to be. You're not. You've learned so much more. And if you are committed to growth, then you got to be you got, it's even more than committed. It's almost being devoted, being, being devoted to the unknown and learning how to find trust in it, learning how to find trust that you are loved, you are supported. The universe has your back and you have such good intentions for the love you want to create in your life. So why wouldn't those same great intentions be all around you? And so when we start to cultivate self-compassion and the easiest way to do this is if ever you're, if, if ever the inner critic is coming in hot, She's coming in strong. She's beating you up and you feel like you're a piece of shit and you're like, I can't do anything. We've all had those days where it's just like, I'm going to go celebrate with eating shitty food I don't really want to eat because I already feel like crap. <laughs> Whenever the inner critic is flaring up, okay? Whenever the inner critic's flaring up, this is like an empathy hack to instantly drop into your heart. Whatever the fears are that are coming up, fear of money, fear of time, feeling like you're not doing good enough, feeling like you don't know what you're doing, whatever it is. I want you to put your hands over your heart, close your eyes, and imagine the five-year-old version of you standing right in front of you. If you could imagine that five-year-old girl standing right in front of you, and she's telling you the exact same fear she has, I'm worried I'm not gonna have enough money. Or for her, I'm worried I'm not gonna be able to have the things I want. I'm worried I'm not gonna be able to do this. I'm worried that... I'm not doing a good enough job or I feel overwhelmed and frustrated. I don't know if I could do it. How would you support and lovingly parent and guide that child? I can guarantee it is not the same way that you are talking to yourself in that moment. It is an instant way to drop into your heart and to let that empathy soar. Because if we can start to reparent ourselves and cultivate our inner child, that's cultivating our confidence and our creativity. Because like a child, like think of a little kid, diaper sagging, belly hanging out, making weird noises, living its best life, raw emotion, it go from zero to hundred up down because they're so present in the moment. That's the thing with kids. They are so in the moment. They are kind of always in this like dream state in a way where they can be creative and they, and as we get older, the logical brain starts to kick in and we don't easily tap into that creativity and that confidence. And so now it's our job to reparent ourselves, to learn how to give ourselves that grace, how to be our own biggest cheerleader and give ourselves that same level of compassion we would a little child. Because when we start to do this work and look at it, look at it this way, it becomes a whole lot easier to be on our own team. So then when we do have a dream of starting something, of doing something, of helping people in a certain way, we, we are our own support system. 
Because just know that it's in our DNA to want to belong. Think about tribe days with cavemen. The biggest and the worst thing that can happen is you get kicked out of the tribe. And so know that this part of us that gets afraid to stand out and be different is like inherent in our DNA. But you're not going to be kicked out of the tribe. This is the cool part. You'll end up creating new tribes. And the people that, that like, you end up creating these new groups of people that identify with the person that you're becoming because they're also on that same journey. I mean, case in point, we're all here at an event called Babes Supporting Babes because we all have that same like-minded part of us that we want to succeed and we want to see other people succeed with us. This group is such a great example that no one needs to lose in order for someone to win. There is space for everyone. No one needs to lose in order for someone to win. Nothing is taken away from anyone in order for you to gain something, you know? And so remember this, whenever you feel the need to say no, or whenever you feel the need to set a boundary with you, with your, even a boundary with yourself. I sometimes have to set boundaries with myself where I'm like, okay, phone is going off at this time. Work is stopping at this time. Or if it's the opposite, work has to start at this time. 10 minute timers are amazing, by the way. If you are very passionate and you are easily distracted and you're very sensory 10 minute timers go so far just as a little bonus tip okay so that is our five steps so i'm going to do a recap if you guys remember step one in being true to yourself step one in being true to yourself what is step one do you guys remember anyone remember comment below if you remember what step one is yes i would describe successful life as finding the right balance yes 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 so step one is identifying your inner critic and naming and personifying her. Step two is creating alignment by being aware of what your values are. So you can make sure your actions are in line with your values. That's the key to feeling good, to feeling like aligned, to feeling tapped in, tuned in, and turned on to your life. The third step of being true to yourself is redefining confidence, allowing confidence to be the belief that it is safe to be yourself. Step four in being true to yourself is the confidence formula. Honestly, guys, fear dissolves when we take action because it's no longer a mystery of what might happen. Instead, we just have the facts of what does happen. And so if we are following through on the commitments we make to ourselves, while also being realistic with those commitments and having micro goals for the day, our confidence goes up. Every time we don't follow through, our confidence goes down. So it's a two-part. We got to make sure that uh, we are not over-committing and not being these crazy high achievers and setting ourselves up to be let down. Realistic, attainable goals, okay? Realistic, attainable goals over the long term creates incredible results. And you guys, I teach feminine leadership. I teach ways of doing feminine productivity so it flows, so it never has to feel like a hustle or a grind, even though there's parts of that can feel really exhilarating. I'm all about sustainability, so this can be over long term because I've been burnt out and being burnt out is the worst. And for a long time, I was scared to be productive because I was scared I would burn out again. And honestly, the biggest things that have helped me create that relationship with myself so I can trust that I won't get burnt out, that, so I can trust that I'm not going to be manipulated or taken advantage by anyone is meditation. Because that's been the one thing that's allowed me to connect within and self-soothe so I can be able to feel fulfilled without needing something from someone else. Um, 
And that doesn't mean that I don't need help and support. Of course I do. We all do. That's why That's why we're here in this event. Babes supporting babes. Having support and having a support system is everything. But I truly believe that we need to learn how to be our own biggest support system by learning how to heal that inner critic and allow that to turn into our biggest ally. So lastly, the fifth step of being true to yourself is developing self-compassion and self-forgiveness. Forgiving yourself for what you didn't know then from what you know now. Forgiving yourself for the things that you said yes to that you wish you would have said no to, you now know. And taking every single thing from the past as something that's happened for you. Something that's happened for us. It's taught us. Everything in life is here to instruct us. It's not here to obstruct us, okay? So I have an exciting invitation. Um, if you would like to learn how to meditate with me, I am doing a free meditation challenge. The number one things I hear from people is, I don't know if I'm doing it right. I don't know if I'm getting the most out of it. I, it's just really hard to just sit down and close my eyes. Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. And so if you've ever felt that way around meditation and you're like, you've heard successful people meditate, you've heard that it's really good for us and for our mental health and our well-being, but you haven't quite felt confident in how to do it, this is an opportunity. We're going to be meditating together for five days in a row, okay? So whether you've never meditated before or whether you already have a meditation practice, maybe you've done it a lot with yoga, um, this is a free invitation to join me and join the party. I'm really, really obsessed with being able to connect with ambitious women, and it's kind of like unlocking the keys that are preventing us from creating these things that we can we can envision that we can see that we can feel but it's like that journey to allowing it to unfold can be a mystery at times and so how do we trust the process through that how do we become our own biggest cheerleader i truly believe the way we do that is by cultivating trust within ourselves and safety within our own mind right because if confidence is the belief that we're safe we need to truly feel that it's safe within the realm of our own heart and our own mind and that internal world and so if you guys want to join me in that meditation challenge, we're starting May 4th. And so I put in the, in the link, or I think I put in the comments the link to be able to join, but I'm going to comment below as well um, if, you can, if you'd like to join. And also too, you guys, I'm, I'm logging in right now from my personal um, Facebook. And so feel free to reach out to me. I'm always on Instagram as well. Instagram is kind of my favorite platform to interact. So I'm always talking about procrastination, self-love, and how we can be true to ourselves. A lot of the things that we all talked about today, which is like my favorite topics. So I'm posting it right now. I'm going to pin it to the top. So if anyone wants to join the meditation challenge, you are invited, ladies. You are so invited. I'd love to have you guys' energy in the group as we navigate this this journey to creating a mindfulness practice. It doesn't have to look a certain way and it sure does look a lot of different ways, but I'm going to give you the opportunity to create something that works for you. Okay. Works just for you. I think this should work. Yeah. So hopefully I put the right link in. If not, I'm going to put it to the top. But I hope you guys enjoyed these tips. I'd love to hear. Comment below which one has been your favorite. Number one, two, three, four, or five. I'm going to be honest. I think my favorite is number one. 
because it was revolutionary for me to name my inner critic and realize that I have different sides of me. Being multi-passionate means that you have a lot of different interests. That means there's a lot of different like dimensions and sides that make up your personality and who you are. So it makes sense that it's not just one. Like we have the creative side of us. We have the serious side of us. So naturally it makes sense that we have an inner critic as well. Let's see, I wanna see some of these comments. I'm so excited to learn about being more mindful. Yes, Kristen, I'm so excited too. It's changed my life. Being an energetic squirrel kind of person, I'm not gonna lie, like mindfulness has changed my life because then I start my morning or I start my day tuning in to what's important to me before I check my messages and let the world tell me what's important. I think as people that are easily influenced and are people pleasers, it's so crucial that we set the stage for what's important to us and then approach the day versus having people bombard us with messages of what's important and starting our day. You kind of see the difference. It's like filling ourselves up first on, okay, what's important to me today? Who do I want to be today? Number one, thank you for supporting our team and make, taking the time to show this. Oh my gosh, absolutely. I'm so grateful to join this group. Number five is my favorite. Yes, Sherry, self-compassion, self-forgiveness, that's everything. And you guys, on my podcast, Joyfully You, I have so many resources on there. I have sound baths. I have mini meditations. I talk a lot about perfectionism. I talk a lot about overcoming fear. Um, and there's also a, an episode that's self-love plus a journal prompt. I highly recommend that one, especially if you like number five around self-compassion. The episode around self-love and a journal prompt is so nice. Like light a candle, put on your earphones, grab a journal, and allow yourself to have a little evening with that one. It's really nice. I need to change my way of thinking. I need to learn mindfulness. Yeah, the cool thing is the way that we think is so habitual. It's like there's studies that show like 90% of our thoughts are recycled thoughts from yesterday. So you can start to see how slowly we can be able to change our mindset. And I honestly think the easiest way to change our mindset is by first connecting to our body. And that's why I'm kind of, that's why I choose meditation as kind of this introduction to self-love um, and empowerment because when we know what it feels like to be in our body and feel safe in our body, we, it's like a muscle. We naturally translate that out into other areas of our life. And so whenever stressful times happen, we have the muscle memory of what it feels like to be calm. And naturally our body will start to go into that if we practice meditation. So that's the cool part is it like transfers over into all other areas of our life. So the people that normally annoy us all of a sudden don't annoy us anymore. The things that used to drive us crazy all of a sudden don't really seem to phase us because we've created a muscle of observing versus reacting. Let's see, naming our inner critic. I think mine should be named Nancy, just so I could say, shut up, Nancy. Not sure why that makes me laugh. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, so then if Nancy's trying to take over the show, you could be like, shut up, Nancy. You get to be in the back seat. I know you're trying to protect me, but I don't need your protection right now. I'm driving. And so it's like, tough love. We're not gonna shame her, we're not gonna kick her out of the car, but we're not gonna let her drive, okay? Being successful for me personally means happiness and balance. Beautiful. Tracy, I encourage you to write and journal even deeper as to what balance looks like and means to you. That's a crazy statistic, mind-blowing. I know, it's nuts. When I heard that, I was like, are you kidding me? I'm on repeat. And so the other thing too is beliefs are thoughts we think over and over and over again. And so two years ago, I started saying, because I wanted it to become a belief, and it wasn't quite a belief yet, but I said, I'm in the process 
of, of believing, right? Because if I don't believe it yet, I'm not gonna lie to myself. I say, I'm in the process of. I'm in the process of believing. The more I travel, the more money I make. And I could be honest with you guys that that is absolutely true now in my life. The more I travel, the more money I make. Because the energetic buzz that I have from traveling just spills over to all of you. And so this just natural excitement ends up attracting more people to connect and work with. And so now it's like, I used to say that all the time, the more I travel, the more money I make. And I had so many people laugh at me, make fun of me and be like, okay, what world are you living in? And so I'm going to be totally honest. When you first start going against the grain and going after things wholeheartedly and all out, there's going to be people around you that doubt you and don't take it personal. And here's the reason why. They're, they can only believe in you to the extent that they believe in themselves. So if you're trying to get advice or you're trying to get support from people that have never done what you're trying to do, they're not always going to know how to love and support you because they only can see as far as they can see for themselves. So I encourage you on your journey to ask advice from people that are farther along on the journey in the direction that you want to go. Okay. And the other people that try and give you advice, even when you don't ask, you know, you can be Thank you for that unsolicited advice, but I'm good. <laughs> uh, my daughter's name is Kelsey too. Oh, what's up, Amy? I'm also multifaceted. It's hard to critique myself. Plus, I need to learn to be more mindful of those around me and not react and be more positive. Yes. So you guys, on my Instagram, I posted yesterday, there was a 22-year study that was all about um, successful and productive people. And they did a study on what was the most important quality that made up a successful and productive person. And it came down to optimism. So on my Instagram, I posted a video about the top four qualities that make up an optimist. Because when you can start to see, oh wow, optimism is learned. So if you notice, oh, I haven't been very mindful. Oh, I've been in very much a reactive kind of stressful state in, in how I've been showing up for myself and for my family. Mindfulness is a muscle that starts to translate in all areas of your life. So it's really, really cool. And optimism is something that we can learn how to do. And so you guys can check that out on my Instagram. It's a video all about the top four qualities that make up an optimistic person and how we can become more optimistic. Yes, a good career and a beautiful, healthy family. Yes. Okay, Ashley. So that's such a great example, how you said, you know, your values are a good career and a beautiful, healthy family. I encourage you to journal on finding more words below good, right? Because a, a, good, a, a good career, what defines a good career? Go deep on that with your journal of really like, what does a good career look like, feel like for me? Because the more descriptive we are, the better. There's also a really interesting study that we are 50% more likely to achieve our goals if we simply write it down. Isn't that nuts? Just from writing it down. And so if you don't, if you aren't normally a journaler, I think journaling and meditation are like two of the most important foundational things for being a high achiever. If you have big goals and you like, that's amazing. I'm right there with you. But our relationship with ourself gets to come first because we are growing with ourselves, And as we become more emotionally intelligent, so does our inner critic. As we get smarter and as we learn to navigate and dance with our fear and put ourselves out there, our inner critic learns how to be sneaky and manipulative. And we can talk ourselves out of things that we actually want so easily. And so when we start to recognize and separate ourselves, right? Remember number one, personifying that inner critic it's a lot easier to dance with those fears and recognize, ooh, am I being true to myself right now? 
Or am I actually manipulating myself into trying to think I don't want that thing I actually want? Because we'll do that. If we're afraid of getting rejected, we'll reject that thing or that person or that idea before it can reject us as like a fear response. It's so interesting. I have a calendar and I write everything down. Awesome. I definitely need to be better about all of this. Yeah, and it's all learned. And honestly, I approach productivity in a completely different way because we're doing things in a completely different way that's ever been done before in time. This is a group of almost like 9,000 women supporting each other. And we're able to do this in a way we never have before because of technology, because of the way our emotional intelligence is getting bigger and our desire to grow, our desire to develop ourselves personally. And most of all, our desire to help other people because it's a natural thing, especially this is why I'm so passionate about supporting and helping create female leaders because females are naturally more nurturing. We have this motherly instinct to us. And so if there's more females with more money in their hands, then I know that there's naturally going to be more good happening in the world. Anyone else agree with me on this? That you feel like we need more female leaders in the world because naturally there's this level of compassion and helping and, and empowering each other that we want everyone to win we don't have that same level of competition that men do and it's not shaming anything good bad right or wrong it's just noticing what motivates us as women we're motivated by inclusion by fairness men are often motivated by competition and 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 um consistency and that steadiness women are much more about cycles and rhythms i mean look at our menstrual system and our and our our hormones and so I teach how to ride with your rhythms versus trying to work against them because we got to let it be in flow so it could be fun, so we can let our energy flow, so we can share that joy and be a light in the world. My idea of a successful life is having two adult children that have morals and great values. I did my job as a parent. Oh, that's amazing, Pam. Developing loving, healthy relationships, keeping optimistic thoughts forward and loving the skin I'm in. Oh, that's so important. Loving the skin you are in and feeling confident. That remember, remember number two or number three, redefining confidence. Confidence is the belief that it's safe to be yourself. So it's the belief that it's safe to be in my skin. It's safe to take up space, you know, physically, energetically, emotionally. It's safe to take up space and be me. Oh, it's so beautiful. We all need female leaders. Hell yes, we do. I like that phrase, ride our rhythms instead of against them. Yes, we get to go with the rhythms that we are feeling. We get to go with the flow of things. And noticing that being in the flow is not mean lacking commitment or lacking flow. Okay, I'm trying to see. I want to be mindful of time, but that's okay. Just one more thing I want to add. The first time that I was invited to do a 90-day goal, you guys, I freaked out. I freaked out because I was like, oh my God, a 90-day goal? What if I change my mind? I'm like, I'm the creative type. I'm not the long-term goal type. Like I had so many stories and so many insecurities. This was March 2017, and it was the first time I had a coach. And I just like... constricted and freaked out. I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I can't believe that I have to put down 90 day goals and someone's going to ask me about them. And what if I change my mind? All of my perfectionistic tendencies were just boiling up to the top. And I had to recognize within myself like, okay, stop. It's okay to commit and change your mind because that's recommitting, right? Renegotiating with myself and actually setting time for 90 days to be true to myself and build on a goal versus letting it be like a shot put thing where I'm like, 
boom, throw it, done, okay, right away. You know, actually staying committed and devoted to things that I want to do. It was really, really hard the first time. It was really, really hard because I, I had never really been committed to myself 100% without anyone else involved. And it was so easy for me to commit to other people. But when it came down to committing to myself, it was a whole new ball game. And so all of these things that you learned today, the top five ways to be true to yourself, will support you, will guide you, and will contribute to your success whenever you're feeling that people pleaser starting to take over, whenever you're feeling that inner critic trying to run the show. You know her name now. We've all given our inner critic a name. So now that you know who she is, thank her for trying to protect you and lovingly tell her she gets to be in the back seat because you're driving. You are driving that highest version of you, that queen version of you, that confident version of you, that version of you that's giving everyone else permission to be themselves because you are being yourself. So just remember, even if you have to say no to someone else in order to be true to yourself, you are being an example to everyone else of what it looks like, of what it looks like. I call it self-love leadership. That's my phrase. If you like that, comment below. If you are down for self-love leadership, that's kind of what I call it. I need to commit to myself. Yes, committing to yourself. It, all of this stuff starts to come up when we make the decision to commit to ourselves. And so you guys are going to love a lot of the stuff on the podcast. And also send me a message. I'd love to connect with you guys individually. Success to me is having a balance between caring for myself and caring for others. Balance between work and fun. Having enough to be comfortable and to give to others. Beautiful. The more detail you guys can go on that question of what success looks like for me, the better. Because the more details you have, it's just allowing yourself to start to create that vision. So as you're showing up to your life, there's going to be different things and opportunities that come in to fill in that grid that you're starting to create for your life. Self-love leadership, that's right. My perfectionistic tendencies have run me down, people-pleasing for too long. Okay, so sometimes we need to go straight to step five, right? When we notice, because self-awareness can be really hard at first because it's like, oh, I'm aware of all this shit I'm doing and it feels wrong. And we have to remember the people-pleaser within us and the perfectionist within us wants to do everything right. And so if we notice, oh, I'm not doing something right, I encourage you to take out the verbiage of things being right or wrong. To take that verbiage out, instead look at it as, is this serving me or is this not serving me? If you notice something that's no longer serving you, then you could say, you know what? I am gonna ch I'm choosing to be compassionate. I'm choosing to be graceful with myself. I didn't even realize I was doing this until now. And now that I'm aware that I'm doing it, I am making the intention and I'm gonna do my best to be this instead. And then write the description of the woman you want to be. Not the woman you don't want to be. Write the woman you do want to be. I want to be confident. I want to be kind. I want to be clear and intentional with my time, right? So we're not running late for things and we're not messing with our own confidence because of those commitments falling through the cracks. Thank you. Being a huge empath person, I definitely need to learn about these. Yeah, Stephanie, I'm so empathetic too, and I totally hear you. Like, everything that I do is catered towards women that are highly empathetic um, because <laughs> I am you. <laughs> it took me a long time to say no to people and to not allow people to use me. Still a people pleaser, but now I stand up for myself. I love this. I'm so glad, you guys. Okay, you guys, I love you so much. And correct, Amanda, self-love is not selfish. There's a difference between selfishness and self-preservation. There's a big difference. Thank you so much. I can't say, oh, I love you guys all so much. 
Tammy, Lori, Deborah, Amanda, Michelle, Carrie, Deborah. Oh my God, my heart is so full being able to be with you guys today. I'm sending you all so much love. You can click the link that's right in the above the notes for this live video to join the meditation challenge. If you want to unravel your stress, if you want to awaken your personal power and have it be easier to be committed to yourself, join this meditation challenge. We're going to create a whole new connection with ourselves individually. And we're going to be using music and sound bowls to do it. Even if you've never meditated before, even if you've never meditated before, I promise to make it easy. I promise to make it something that you feel successful in and that you can be able to recreate and do at home. Okay. I love you guys. And I'll see you later. I'll also comment in there, my Instagram, because that's like my main platform. That's where I'm doing stories every single day and sharing a lot of love and things that I create and also just that I'm working through within my own life because this group is called Babes Supporting Babes. We're in this together. I simply want to share the things that have really supported me in my journey um, in hopes that they also empower and inspire you in yours. So much love and light to each and every one of you. Welcome, Michelle, to the meditation. I'm so excited you'll be joining us. Welcome. Okay, guys, have an incredible Sunday, and I will talk to you guys later. My name's Kelsey Lowe. You can find me on Instagram at Kelsey Lowe Show, and my podcast is called Joyfully You, and that's where I'm always pouring my heart out and making magic. Okay.